Hi everyone, welcome back to Rant Room. How are you all today? I am pretty stressed. I'm actually recording this even though I've got a million one other things to do. But I'm just here venting because, you know, it's called Rant Room, so why not, I guess. Um, okay, so this episode has actually got a trigger warning, just a little disclaimer, because I'm going to be dis- uh, discussing disordered eating patterns and binge eating. So please feel free to skip this episode and just go to another one if you feel at all triggered. Um, so yesterday I was on Instagram and I saw a few posts about Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And I was just sitting with that for a little while, reading the posts and thinking about the stereotypes around eating disorders. Um, and I was thinking about how they push us down and they prevent people from speaking up just because somebody might not fit the conventional stereotype of having an eating disorder. In case we hadn't noticed, conventional stereotypes are getting broken left, right and centre, which I'm very, very glad about because conventional stereotypes can just get in the bin. Convention in general can just get in the bin. I'm just pretty sick of it, to be honest. What's convention, right? Or tradition? So, so yeah, I mean, there are stereotypes for absolutely everything and eating disorders just is just one of one of the things that involves massive stereotypes. I think I've spoken before, I think this is one of my very first podcasts actually, about um, an article, I think it was in some magazine called The Star that was just a fucking load of bullshit about how... Um, and they were slagging off uh, a bunch of actresses um, who had been photographed in their bikinis because they'd apparently put on weight and instead of focusing on their glittering acting careers... They were being like, oh, this person looks like a beach whale. And it's like, shut the fuck up. You are the reason why women want to kill themselves. And not just women, men. Every, every, every person who has, a, who has an issue with their body and sits there and pick, is, in, is in a doctor's waiting room and picks up a magazine and just starts flicking through it. I mean, I don't know how that works now with COVID. I'm guessing you can't really. I'm guessing you can't really even go into a lot of doctor's waiting rooms at the moment, but but even so, you know what I mean? You just see all this stuff online and you're just like, you see it and you're just like, oh my God, there must be a problem with my body and it turns into a huge complex. And that's before we even get to judgmental people who somehow think they have a right to judge your body and therefore can trigger or reinstate all kinds of eating disorders. Eating disorders are not just anorexia or bulimia. Those are pretty common ones, and those are the ones that are most talked about or um, or discussed in, in the media and just discussed in general. But when I was at school um, and was suffering with all kinds of disordered eating patterns, I had no idea that what I was actually, uh, what I was actually having or experiencing was a type of eating disorder. So I was binge eating and... Um, and I didn't realise that that was a type of disorder. I just got told I was greedy. And because the only dis- eating disorder that I knew of aged 14, so this was when um, social media was only just starting to become a thing and there was BBM, um, which I didn't have anyone on because I had no friends. And um, and yeah, so I mean, there was all that stuff at that time. But actually, even though we had got the internet and things like that, we had the internet in our hands, the only one that we really knew about was anorexia. That's the one that everybody used to talk about. And anything else was just not really discussed or not really known about or just treated uh, and 
like unfairly and just discriminated against. Not that I'm saying that uh, more well-known eating disorders don't get discriminated against, they all do, but I think the others were just not really, um, not really that, that prevalent back then. And um, I, I, I don't know much about anorexia or bulimia because I haven't really, I haven't really experienced either of those. So I'm just going to talk about, you know, what I, what I do know, basically. Um, so, but conventional stereotypes can really get us into a lot of trouble and they can make us feel like shit because we don't fit the box, basically. Everybody wants, every, I don't know, well, I think it's probably just society. They probably just want to put us into a box and be like, you're in that one, you're in that one, you, you go here, you go here. Everybody apparently just fits neatly into one box and that's just apparently then who you're supposed to be for the rest of your life. I don't buy that shit, don't need it, but that's how it works. Well, that's how we were told it should work for many years, and now these stereotypes are actually starting to get broken and people don't really like it. Um, so, I think for me, uh, I've had a problem with binge eating since probably before I hit double figures, and I used to get told by uh, my family that I ate so much because I was greedy, and sometimes I would actually eat until I was on the brink of being sick, so it'd be like, I'd stopped actually enjoying the food and I was literally just eating for, I don't know, at the time I guess it felt like it was something to do and it made me feel good. Um, But I didn't eat out of greediness, even though everybody told me that I was, including doctors who my mum took took me to because she was concerned that I was putting on weight. They were just like, yeah, she's greedy, put her on a diet basically. And so that was just the label that my family threw on me. And I I was binge eating because I was miserable and food was and maybe still is sometimes the way I coped. So some people drink, some people smoke, some do hard drugs and some look for validation in love or sex. And I did a lot of that as well, don't worry. And others use food and I was one of those people. Um, so when as a teenager, well, late teenager, the one time that I tried to speak up about having a problem with disordered eating patterns was when I told my mum, uh, I think this was in my first year of uni, so I probably would have been around 18 or 19. Um, I think it was 19, because I'd come home from my first term and I'd put on like a lot of weight because I'd been eating a lot and that was mainly to cope with emotions. And I'd also gone from not drinking any alcohol at all, because I grew up in a Muslim family, to drinking quite regularly and that had made me gain weight. So my mum looked my... Uh, probably about 12 stone frame up and down. She said, I hardly think you've got an eating disorder, but I know now that that was what was going on, even if it wasn't talked about, and even if I didn't exactly know what it was. She was wrong. So I remember also when I was 19, a family member asking me to weigh myself in front of all of them while we were eating breakfast one day. And it was a shitty thing of my mum to say, and it did hurt my feelings badly, but I could see what she meant. She was she's a nurse who works in cardiology, so she is you know her job is is to deal with people who often do struggle with obesity and 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 do have to deal with this kind of thing. And she, as a nurse, she's been tasked with the responsibility of you know getting people to watch what they eat because of their arteries and things like that. So I, I get it. I do. I try to get it anyway. wasn't always easy. Um, 
and the, I could see what she meant and not even just in the nurse and health sense of it apparently health sense people always say that they're worried about your health but it's like it's my health you know um and I was healthy this was the thing for the most part what was unhealthy were my thought processes behind it and eating disorders were not often associated with UK size 14 girls who weighed 12 stone not even in 2017 or at least it wasn't talked about and it took me until I was 22 so that was only last year to see that actually I did have a type of eating disorder and it was because weighing yourself 70 times a day isn't normal and crying by the scales isn't normal and being afraid of, of, of things like that and just and worrying constantly about what you're going to eat just so you don't put on an ounce is not normal um, and it doesn't matter whether you're six stone or 12 stone or even heavier or, or even lighter than that if, you, if you're having those kind of patterns it's not normal and I think so yeah I was probably about 21 or 22 when I first realized that I had a, quite a big problem with it um I think so when I was 21 I was going I was about to go through a termination uh, I was six weeks pregnant and uh, I was hating the changes that my body was already going through I remember being more concerned and not in a vain way about how my body was changing and how much I fucking hated it. Um, I was being, I was more concerned about how it was changing and how I looked and how round my face was getting. Um, then the fact that the nurse was, you know, gonna, uh, what, what, would the, what the procedure was actually gonna be. And I remember being more concerned, that was what I was gonna say, got a bit mixed up there, about the fact that the nurse was going to weigh me at the clinic and the painful and emotional procedure that I was about to go through. And I remember my good friend, and at the time housemate, exchanging looks with my other friend and saying, I think that's the last thing that you need to be worrying about right now. At the appointment, they weighed me and I told the nurse that I didn't want to know what I weighed. And I squeezed my eyes shut when I stepped on the scale and I took as many layers as I could off so I was lighter. And I even got her to hide the paper from me when she wrote the weight down. And then when the termination was actually over, so couple of days after I remember being absolutely disgusted with my reflection in my still swollen body hating it and hating myself and uh, I haven't weighed myself now since December 2019 so that's about a year and three months and it is the most body neutral that I've ever felt sometimes I snack too much and you know we're in lockdown so I have gained weight uh, I'm not going to the gym everywhere's closed I'm lazy I'm busy I'm doing a master's and I'm snacking a lot but weight is just that, it's mass, and I'm much happier now, a bit heavier than when I was weighing myself 70 times a day, which I'll get to in a minute. So I've also been thinking a lot recently about the um, about us coming out of lockdown. I'm in the UK and Boris Johnson, our apparent prime minister, um, has recently introduced this roadmap. Um, so all I can see on Instagram at the moment is pretty toxic, actually. A post about hot girl summer being confirmed and having three months to lose the double chins before the club is open. And the thing is, this toxic messaging surrounds us every moment on social media. It's all over the fucking shitty meme pages. Most of that, most of them I've unfollowed now because they're just toxic as fuck. Um, and it's everywhere. It's all over social media. And if it's not on social media, your friends screenshot them and send it to you because most of them find them funny. 
But how can we get away with it when it's literally everywhere? How can we get away from it, I should say, sorry. And even stuff like, what's everyone wearing on the 21st of June? Because that's the day that Boris is meant to lift um, all of the social restrictions. Uh, like the social distancing and stuff. So, like, apparently that's the day that the clubs and things are meant to open and festivals are meant to go ahead this year, apparently. Um, so even the stuff like, what is every, what's everyone wearing on the 21st of June triggered me. Well, love, I'm throwing a fit and I'm not going out, apparently, because the thought of clubbing makes me feel ill. But that's mainly because of the last time that I went. Uh, which was a year ago when I fucking hated myself and the whole purpose of me going out in the first place was sh- so I could get a man to look at me. And because over the course of this lockdown, I've gone up a dress size and none of my clothes fit me anymore and I can't be asked to go and buy anymore. And by the way, that's absolutely normal. It's normal to be eating more and doing less. Uh, It's normal to snack and not to feel motivated to work out all the time. We're in a pandemic. It's a national lockdown. Don't worry if you're not fucking motivated all the time. I wish I I, I I could just... I need to just listen to this recording when I feel shit about not doing anything. And just play it back. Like, I think people forget that this is not normal and you don't have to feel normal all of the fucking time. It's fucking understandable. Anyway, last week when I heard the announcement, I was actually picturing a life outside of lockdown, which I find it difficult to even think about at this point. I haven't seen my uh, my friends up north in over a year, or close to a year now, some of them over a year. And my anxiety started going through the roof, not necessarily about COVID and not necessarily about seeing my friends, but for how shit I was going to feel when I reunite with them uh, for what we're apparently calling Hot Girl Summer. I fucking hate that term. I, I know I'm, I, I, you can probably tell because I keep putting a funny voice on whenever I, whenever I say it, but I just I hate it. It's not Hot Girl Summer. It's, I've, uh, it's, I've got a double chin and 17 spots on my face, Summer. Or, you know, or I've got a double chin and 17 spots on my face March. Ugh. Fuck off with your hot girl summer. And yes, I am probably just saying that because I'm not a hot girl. But, you know, whatever. Uh, and all I can think about is how much I hate my body right now and how disgusting I feel. And how my, all my friends aren't going to focus on me and all the self-improvement I've done mentally in the past year. They're just going to see that I've put on weight. And realistically, I know that's not true. In my, in my real mind. If you died today, would your best friend remember your weight in stone and pounds? Or would she remember the real things? Like how you made her laugh so hard once then when, that she snorted lemonade out of her nose, or when you laughed and cried and cuddled together? Yeah, exactly. So I'm stuck in a bit of a vicious cycle right now. I spend most of my time stressing over my masters not having to organi- and having to organise things that my uni should have sorted out months ago, writing dissertation proposals, and because I'm a stress eater, I find that food is often my coping mechanism. And it doesn't help that I'm working as a pizza delivery driver and I get a discount either. And the thing is, I do plan to go for workouts and walks and I I scour marketplace to see if anybody in the area is selling a weighted hula hoop, but then I just carry on stress eating while I watch ER and pretend to be focused when I'm really fucking not, and then I'm completely in over my head. And then I look at my old pretty clothes that I haven't worn since 2019 with sadness in my eyes. But this is not a normal time. Why do we make it harder by being harder on ourselves? <laughs> so yeah, that's not really fully eating disorder related. But I guess it I guess it kind of is. It depends what way you look at it. 
Um, but yeah, what I meant by that is basically diet culture, especially at this time. It's just nasty as fuck because you've got people like, getting fit for when we come out of lockdown. Woo! It's like, okay, yeah, cool, good for you, but I hate diet culture. And, it, and it's everywhere. It does seem like sometimes we can't escape it. And that can be really awful, especially at the moment when all you can really do is go on your phone or go on social media. Um, so diet culture and the messaging around it, like I said, is so toxic. And I love the gym as much as the next person. I probably don't look like it. I can't wait until it's open again. And I think PTs are amazing if they're utilised in the right way. I've had a couple of fitness coaches put a lot of pressure on me to join programmes, expensive programmes that I can't afford because I'm a fucking student who just who just delivers pizzas part-time. And they're probably good at what they do, I'm sure they are, but they need to make a sale at the end of the day. I can't be part of something where taking action equates to defining myself through a number on the scale. That is a massive trigger for me. And... It just takes me back to when I was on Slimming World and I used to weigh myself 70 times a day. And I've not, and I've been there and I'm not going back ever. And apparently, according to these people, not weighing myself means I'm not getting results. And I'd rather not get results and I'd rather be happy. I think the day that I quit weighing myself was the way, was the day that I started managing to come out of all this. Um, that didn't even make sense that I managed to start coming out of all this. I can't even talk today. I don't know why I'm recording this, but, and it's not been easy. Not at all. Um, and things like Slimming World and and Weight Watchers, they're diet culture too. And they suck you in. It's like you do get addicted to the loss every week because I've, I've been there and I've done them and I know that. And when you don't have a loss, you end up in a fucking depression nest because, and you're beating yourself up because you're like, oh, I should have tried harder. And it's the way they talk to you when you don't have, when you haven't got a loss, they're like, um, it's not, it's not like rude or condescending. They don't call you out as such, but you just, you feel it. And I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't work. It works as long as you stick to it. It's like anything. Um, but at the end of the day, it's living your life fully on a diet. And although, yes, it works, and it does work really well if you've got a lot of weight to lose, and I've seen people do really well on it. For me, I just couldn't keep it up, and it was, and it's a lot to, to adapt your life to a diet. It's like, you, you're, you're just, you're living your life constantly on a diet, and that is no, that's no way to live, for me personally. And it is still a, because it's still a restrictive diet, it's not a moderate it's not eating in moderate, um, it's not eating in a moderate way, it's not, it's, it's restricting things, it's, you know, giving, yeah, it's just, it's just very, it's just very restrictive, and I think it's good to be healthy, and it's good to balance your diet for sure, but, like, restricting is just not the way to go, if you restrict, you just, it just makes it a lot worse for you, and obviously moderation for me being, uh, for me, binge eating was really difficult. But I still found with Slimming World, I was still restricting myself. I was just going the other way because I was forcing myself not to have things. Whereas now, uh, I eat more in moderation. Um, if I want something, I will have it. And if and I can, I can control it if I know it's there. I don't need to binge, but I don't need to restrict either. 
which is a really fucking great place to be. Um, and because Slimming World can be restrictive, I guess that's what happens to me. And yes, it does work. And yeah, it can be, it, in some ways, it can be really good. And I've, I've, I've seen the benefits of it. But um, I think probably one of the mistakes that I made was buying my own scale, which was when things really started to take a dark turn for me. So I was 20 when I did Slimming World. I think I did go back briefly the following year. Um, and when when my body reached what I suppose must have been about been a more natural weight for me, the weight loss just stopped. And it's all diet culture because I was forcing myself to eat less. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't, um, I, I just, I would weigh myself like, like I said, 60, 70 times a day sometimes. Uh, once I bought that fucking scale, it was like borderline obsessive. Um, my housemates were starting to get really worried about me. They were like, do you really need to be doing this all the time? And it'd be like, they could just hear me like stepping on the scales because I, I would just like move them and they'd be, they'd be like, okay, um, are you sure you should be doing that again? Like, haven't you done that five, like, like five, ten times already? And I'd be like, no. And it got to the point where I was, you know, lying whether, whether I'd, whether I weighed myself that day, even though I obviously had, and I, I used to weigh myself every single time I went into the toilet, I used to weigh myself, if I'd gone in to brush my fucking teeth, or have a shit, I used to, yeah, it was, it was mad, like, when, before I bought a scale, and my best friend had one in her bathroom, and every time, after I'd eaten, and before I'd eaten, I'd weigh myself, and literally, like, strip down to nothing, just so I'd be, I'd weigh less, it was mental, um, and when I used to go to Slimming World as well, I would wear, like, it was the summer, but I'd wear, like, really light clothing and I'd take all my jewellery off, so I'd wear even less. And it was mad. And that's what I mean, it's all about diet culture. And it's become more toxic and more prevalent. And however, which is, uh, and this is a good thing though, the body acceptance culture is also growing and that gives me some level of hope. As for diets, though, I've been sucked in time and time again. If you just scroll down to my Instagram to 2018, you'll see how into it I actually was. And incidentally, that's also when I was nearing a massive peak in depression and anxiety. Uh, so now I'm trying to practice what Jamila, Jamila Jamil calls body neutrality. Is neutrality, did I say that right? Yeah, I think I think I did. Fucking hell, I really can't speak today. <laughs> Um, and I think it's working. I don't hate my body anymore. I don't cut myself or punch myself in the face or, or tummy because I hate the way I look anymore. I don't necessarily always like the way I look some days, but other days I'm mostly okay with it. And I accept it. Because you can't go from self-hatred to self-love overnight. I think that's what a lot of people forget. Um, and I think changing who you follow on Instagram and and on Facebook, and on Snapchat, and stuff like that, it really does help, your social media following, and things like that, you don't realise until you change it, how much it will actually help you, um, so I unfollowed, I think I've said this in previous podcasts, but I unfollowed maybe, um, god, I don't know, on my Instagram, it was at least 800 accounts that I had no interest in, most of them were people I'd met over the years who I just never spoke to. Like, guys who I used to talk to. 
who I hadn't spoken to in three, four, five years. Um, loads of people. I just, I just purged it. That's probably the wrong word to use. Sorry. Um, but I just, but I literally just stripped it bare and I was like, right, okay, who do I actually talk to? If I don't talk to you, if I don't have anything to say to you, if I don't even, if I don't like you, if I don't, if I don't talk to you, if I don't care about what you post even, even if it's like, I don't necessarily dislike this person, uh, but I just haven't spoken to them in a long time and I don't really care about what they post, they were gone. It's nothing personal. I don't know why everybody takes it so personally. It's just like changing what you follow to make it more positive for you. And I replaced those uh, with positive accounts, you know, like body neutrality accounts, confidence accounts, lots of affirmation things. And it's been really nice. I actually go on my Instagram and feel happy. Uh, Oh, I unfollowed a lot of those meme pages as well. I do love memes, but some of them are just... Some of the meme pages can be really toxic. Like, you know, all this stuff about... I hope you're summer. Fucking hate that phrase. As I've already said. But yeah, it's... I think that's a really good thing to do if you're struggling with any kind of disordered eating patterns. Um... And I think talking about it is the is the biggest thing you can do. It's 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 literally it's, and it's hard to get mental health help you need right now because we're in a pandemic and unless unless you are fortunate enough to be able to afford it or you're or you're lucky enough to know somebody or communicate with someone that can help you um, without having to wait on the NHS for it. If you're in the UK, I'm not sure how it works in other countries. Um, but I know that money is often a huge issue and mental health support over here is, well, it's underfunded and you have to wait quite a long time, unfortunately. Like, so it is it is tough. And sometimes waiting, even even though you know you're on the list, it doesn't do you much good. So I think the next thing really, I mean, your social media is so important if you use it. And I mean, most people do in this day and age. So social media who you follow that's like the next thing because you're you're constantly scrolling aren't you so you have to and you don't realize that what you're scrolling through does actually have an effect on you oh pardon me and uh with that in mind i've kind of like uh i've got there's a couple of um accounts that would be really good for you to follow if you don't already and they are all about having having a healthy relationship with your body. So they include I Weigh, which is Jamila Jamil's podcast um, podcast in um, her podcast platform, I think. So and definitely listen to her podcast as well because that's really good and talks a lot about body neutrality because you can't go from hating your body to loving it overnight. There has to be some sort of middle ground, and I love how she talks about it and how she and how she talks about body neutrality because I think sometimes if you hate your body you can't necessarily say I want to I want to love my body and it's like you can't do that if you if you fucking hate it you can't do it overnight I mean it's possible to do it sure but you don't do that overnight and I think the thing that really stuck out for me was when I lost weight and I didn't feel any happier I didn't feel any better like I felt like I looked better but I felt like that was like validation and I hated 
the way that people treat treated me differently when I lost weight, even though it was only a couple of stone. Like, I had more validation from men, they would want to talk to me more, and it was like, fuck off. I mean, what I would say now is, fuck off, you didn't like me when I was 13 stone, why are you suddenly interested in me when I'm when I'm ten and a half stone, fuck off, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to know you, that's what I would have said now, but when I was 20, I jumped on it, because I was in a very different place, and I found that I needed that more back then, and I, but now I'm actually quite disgusted at the way that if you, the way that people get treated differently for their weight, it's just, it's just, it's just horrible, and no wonder people have such hang-ups and disordered eating patterns and when that's the way that we're that we're being told to to, to treat our bodies and when we're being told that that's what we're worth through our bodies when it's not true but everybody but so many toxic people around us seem to think it is so yeah there's um there's another couple called there's um a lady i follow on instagram whose uh whose instagram handle is bulimia coach and there's also the wellful which is a really really good one and i'll link those and a couple of others in the show notes that i've forgotten to mention and don't know the names of by heart so i can't actually um and I, so i can't actually find them right now but i'm going to put them in the show notes for you once i've edited this because i'm going to need to edit this one <laughs> um so yeah uh when it comes to stuff about seeking help for uh for for um what do we call them for eating disorders i think yeah it's it's hard at the moment like i said because with covid it is difficult to you can't go to a doctor anymore and you can't it's not as easy to make a referral you can obviously still do it it's going to take a long time but definitely do speak to people about it and I think one of the most important things is talking to people as well. Um, that's really, really fucking important. Like, I would recommend talking to someone about this over all of that, to be honest. And talking to people who've experienced it as well. Like I say, like, open your social media up a bit and just change who you follow. Like, these people who I followed, some of them are genuinely approachable. And if you message them, they'll take the time to talk to you. And it's and it's really nice to know that there's people who are like that and supportive out there. It does make things a bit more reassuring. But yeah, um, so I hope that's um, I hope that's been kind of informative to to you. Um, and I'll be back soon with a new episode. But I hope you've had. I hope that this has been uh, okay to listen to. I mean, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know as much about. Uh, bulimia and anorexia and other disorders like that but um there's a lot of information out there on on other things and i'll probably do uh, a more in-depth episode about it at some point like with with my own experience but i just wanted to yeah rant okay have a good day see you talk to you later bye